being a success in business means making sure that you can leave a legacy of hopefully, uh, you know, good value and good wealth and good prosperity to whoever you, you want to leave that to. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hello, Right Club Nation. This is Danielle Saint-Jean, one of the co-founders. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? What's The Rock? Well, it's the Right Club online community, a place where you can go to find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, and hours of videos with a wide range of real estate investing, training, and education, and much more. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, on with the podcast. So, Alfonso, hello, and welcome, Right Club Nation, to the Right Club Podcast. I'm Laurel Simmons, and I have Alfonso Salemi with me. How are you doing? Very good, very good, Laurel. It's uh, it's awesome to have you co-hosting, uh, and we have uh, an amazing, amazing interview uh, today. But, uh, yeah, what's going on, Right Club Nation? Welcome to uh, another episode of the podcast. We, uh, we're putting these out every single week. We hope you're enjoying them. Uh, please share them with friends. Rate, review them as well if you haven't had a chance to go on there. It helps us grow and get out to, to many more listeners and to grow the, the, the Right Club Nation as we get more and more experiences. So, um, as we're in the midst of recording this, we're kind of, I think this is, I'm losing track now, but I think week five or week six of this pandemic, lockdown, quarantine, and uh, I think we, we're all at this point now where we're all having a little bit of a chance to reflect a little bit on, you know, the hysteria is kind of over. It's not like a novelty anymore. It's like, okay, this looks like it's going to be a little bit of a while, a lot of uncertainty. Some people think it's, you know, not going to be that long, um, but it kind of ties into what we talked about with Ryan on the podcast today is a little bit about planning, right? No one's planning for pandemics, and that's not what we're saying, but what you can control is how you plan your portfolio and how that legacy that you're leaving, all the hard work and learning and podcasts that you're listening to, and thank you for listening to that and all the amount of education that you take on, and then you go apply and take action and build, you want to make sure that that's in good hands, right? And so when that's taken care of, you don't want, you know, taxes and probates and, and other people managing your assets or, or, or benefiting yeah, and it's not just about, it's not about thinking about when you're not here, as in, as in after you've died. It's way more than that. It's about, and I think it's about being a responsible business owner. It's about understanding how your your personal life and your business life do mesh. I mean, we're, we're all human beings, right? And we own businesses. We own properties. We we are, everything is integrated. So, so Ryan has really good tips about how you can, um, I don't want to say separate them, but deal with them separately so that, so that it makes it easier for um, your, your estate, for your family, for your whatever, whoever it is. And you know what? I think it just makes it easier for you. You can go to bed at night and realize that, you know what? I've, I've done the right thing. I've taken care of things. And that's, that's what right. a lot. That's right. That's right. That, that peace of mind. And you know what, what Ryan said was the, the investment that you make into the team, right? That's what's going to be in that long-term or that structure or that really, you know, even beyond structure, the foundation, right? The foundation that you're going to build upon and, and checking in, 
you know, what are the short, long, short, medium, and long-term goals that you have? And those are constantly changing as well, too. We get into that as well. So, uh, yeah, re really great convo. Um, if you're on the uh, on the Right Club uh, uh, online community and that's how you found us, really great thing. Please contribute more to the forums. Uh, get out there, share your stories. We want to hear from you. So if you have a really cool story, want to be on the podcast, let us know, reach out, uh, send in your questions uh, to grow at the rightclub.com and uh, we'll, we'll address them or maybe if there's enough, um, you know, uh, enough people that are interested in a certain topic that maybe we haven't thought of, we want to bring that to you guys and we want to try to find the best professionals that we can across this country that are going to give us the best advice for our businesses, for our real estate investing careers and, and Ryan today is just another great example of someone that you should have on your power team uh, and, and, uh, and, and really forge a strong relationship with your all members of the power team and how it all works together. So you know what, Alfonso? I think we should go right to the interview. Let's do it. All right, welcome to the podcast. Uh, once again, Mr. Ryan Carson. I think you got the lead right now for, for most podcast uh, appearances, and it's amazing because uh, the, the service that you provide, you know, from a legal standpoint, from an investor standpoint, the mindset that you got, we're, we're super, super excited to, uh, to have you on today. Thanks a lot, Alfonso. Thanks a lot for having me uh, on again. Thank you. So, Ryan, we're going to talk about a, a topic that's really, they're so interrelated. We're talking about succession planning and what that means for success in real estate investing, right? Because be, a lot of people don't really think about how succession planning can lead to success for their real estate investing business. So, so tell us, tell us a little bit about, like, I think, I think a lot of people don't know exactly what succession planning is. So why don't we start there? So succession planning is uh, a fancier way of basically saying uh, wills, estates, tax planning uh, for your immediate to short and long-term goals. And um, so on that point, I mean, I think if you don't have a foundation of a decent will and powers of attorney. Uh, that's always kind of layer one or foundation level one that, that you should have as a minimum, whether you are a real estate investor or even if you aren't a real estate investor, um, those are the things that you, you'd want to have um, as a starting point. In regards to um, next, you know, next level steps, that's really going to start to then flow out of what you actually do for a living, what kind of assets you own, what your short, medium and long-term goals are. And so in the real estate investor world, it could be things like having that corporate or family trust structure, also accompany the uh, wills and powers of attorney. And, and then depending on the tax advice that you would have from your financial and, and accountant advisors, um, there could be certain, you know, springboard effects from, from there for your estate planning, but, uh, definitely you want to have a will and power of attorney to start. And then from there, you'd want to springboard into having some discussions appropriately with your accountant about what kind of tax planning and estate planning should I be thinking of for my short, medium and long-term goals, you know, short being, you know, next 12, 24 months, um, medium being sort of five year plan and then 10 plus for, uh, you know, long-term and, uh, and then maybe like the, the ultimate goal or plan, which is, 
you know, if I was no longer an investor or if I was retiring or if I were to suddenly die, you know, how, what would I want to happen to everything that I've been uh, accumulating, that I've been growing, that I've been working with as a, as a real estate investor. So to do that kind of planning and have that kind of discussion with your uh, financial advisor, with your tax accountant and your lawyer is uh, a fairly important thing to do. And I think it's something that people can easily lose sight of because you get so affixed on the exciting part, which is the deals and trying to land the deals and find the deals and go shopping for the deals and putting the deals together and then working the deals that you kind of forget to work in the business as opposed to just like, you know, on the business and, uh, and doing that kind of work for yourself uh, can significantly improve and, and positively impact your success in, in the real estate business, but in any business. So you were, sorry, Alfonso, but you were talking about um, uh, a little bit earlier, actually, before we started this recording, you were talking about what what you called, so there's sort of a a primary and maybe a secondary will, is that right? But also, it's not just that, it's whether it's personal or uh, corporate, because there's a number of variations in there. Yeah, so that it kind of builds off the point I was saying before, you know, you You'd want to have a meeting, uh, hopefully it'd be a holistic meeting between your lawyer, your tax accountant, and your financial advisor so that everybody's, you know, driving in the same direction. Everybody's understanding what you're, what you're trying to accomplish, what you have accomplished, and where you want to go, right? And uh, so as lawyers, we normally would, uh, or at least I would advise our, our client to say, okay, uh, have we sat down with a tax accountant who really understands you, those short, medium, and long-term goals? And hopefully the answer is yes. And if the answer is yes, then the question just becomes, okay, uh, what advice are they giving for those short, medium, long-term goals? There's likely going to be some sort of instruction to put together for the example of real estate investors who are uh, holding corporate structure. So whether it's, you know, a three-tier system or a one-tier or whatever the case is with uh, corporations being in place to operate and, and uh, hold the, the, the uh, real estate property, um, typically you'd want to have in place two, two types of wills. So one will, would some people call it a primary will or a non-corporate will, that would deal with all your non-business related assets so your personal investments in the stock market life insurance maybe your personal home that you own your bank account vehicles that kind of thing but then you'd have a a corporate will or some people call it uh, a a secondary or non-personal will they all kind of relate to the same thing but that that corporate will that would be holding all of your assets and shares and um, uh, business inventory of your various real estate businesses would then govern all of those assets. So you'd have the, you'd have the non-corporate or the personal will dealing with all of your uh, personal items outside of your real estate investor businesses. Uh, and then all of your uh, real estate investor businesses that are under either a parent company or, or an umbrella of, of corporations, uh, those would all be listed in the uh, corporate will. And the benefit in doing that is 
if you have a secondary will or the corporate will and you have all of those assets listed within that will you can bypass what used to be called probate or is now called a state administration and the ultimate goal being you save yourself uh, some processing and procedure uh, on the passing of, of the individual but then you also save the estate a one and a half percent tax which on every million dollars of value would equate to $15,000 saved. So there's some procedural, there's some practical, and there's some monetary benefits in, in arranging at least primary and secondary wills. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely, and they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls, and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life, but when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. Yeah, and I think, you know, having it in the right coordination, right? Like you said, working with other members of the power team that actually see from it all sides of the standpoints that, you know, what type of structure you're setting up because the accountant has that same plan and, and it's all the same plan where everybody's doing their own thing. You're pulling the legal you know, weight, uh, the accountants are pulling their weight, right? Their side of the deal and, and the financial planners as well. And, you know, from people that maybe like have the standpoint, like, oh, you know what, I just have one property right now. I'm, I don't need to worry about all that. And, you know, from the other end of the spectrum of people wanting to scale to like skyscrapers and like, you know, owning like islands and cities, right? And then everyone in between, you know, the, we notice in our Right Club community and then the Right Club Nation, there's all, there's all those different types. So, the kind of the question and maybe it's not an easy question but like how do you structure that like how does that look like in that growth of that if i was just like brand new saying hey i'm going to go and start investing in real estate should i go with the whole kit and caboodle the nine yards the corp the the uh, the estate the, the wills all that kind of stuff for one shot or how do does that kind of trickle in throughout the growth and over that over that period of time of an investor's life cycle yeah, no, it's a great question. And I mean, it's one that there really isn't obviously a set answer on because everybody, uh, everybody's personally different. Everybody deals with business decisions differently. Everybody places different priorities on business um, or aspects of business. Um, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to practicality. I mean, a lot of people who are getting into real estate investment. It's a, it, it starts out as a secondary uh, source of income or, or revenue for them. Um, most people have kind of that, that primary career still there to give them comfort. Uh, and then as the real estate potentially grows, which it hopefully does, um, it, it sometimes 
turns into the primary vehicle uh, of revenue and or the primary uh, vocation, right? Sometimes people end up saying, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm just going to be a real estate investor and, and or at that point, maybe they've been wildly successful and they start being a mentor and a coach, right? Um, as, as you guys have been, uh, been able to do with the right club. Um, so I think it, it just really boils down to everybody's a little bit different, but I, I really, I've always liked uh, something that I heard from George Dubay of BDO and Peter uh, Catini, where they, en they ended up saying, you know, don't view the lawyer and the accountant and the other members of the power team as a cost, view them as an investment, an investment in your business that you're trying to grow. And the steps you take at the very beginning and the outset uh, will pay you huge dividends and spades down the road if you if you work on it, doing it right from the very beginning. And you know, so the simple example of that is, let's say you know, Alfonso, you were just trying to start your business today, and you're kind of like, well, geez, I got you know five or ten grand budgeted for this, you know, and I don't want to go blow five grand right away just on you know the, the lawyer and the accountant together and then now i only got five grand left right like i i really only want to spend like a thousand max on that and then you know have nine left over to go and do actual business stuff with right and i get that and i appreciate that because you know as a small business owner everybody's been there right at the, the startup and you're trying to balance practicality and cost and you know, pros and cons. So it really just comes down to what everybody individually is comfortable with. But, you know, another example is um, maybe hits this hits home a little bit clearer here is you get lots of people asking about corporate structure all the time. Like when's a good time to do it or, you know, uh, corporate tr family trust structures. Right. And uh, it's like, okay, well, how many properties and, and, and what do you, what are you retaining in, in, uh, in revenue and, and so forth, right? And you know, you get different answers, but the whole thing all boils down back to the same point, which is if you started with zero properties and then all of a sudden in a short period of time, let's call it three to six months, you've got uh, five properties and then all of a sudden you've got another five at a, at a year, so now you're at 10 and just keep kind of growing at this you know, fairly consistent and aggressive pace, but these are all personally owned and now in, at the end of year two, after your 20 properties in, you want to put corporate structure into it. The cost to reverse all that back into a corporate structure or family structure is going to far outweigh what it would have cost to do the three year or so corporations at the outset, you know, because you got land transfer tax per corporate or per, per property. Let's just say land transfer tax for each one of those 20 properties averaged two grand, you know, two, that, that, that's, that's a big, big coin, right? And, Whereas, you're, and you're setting that up as that one time, and that's going to continue to be able to pay you, like setting that up that correct way. Over every deal, it just escalates. If it's three, it's multiple of three. If it's five, it's multiple of five. Every time that you're able to do that. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I've really always loved that uh, that saying that Peter and George have uh, used at a presentation many years ago that I heard them speak at, which is it's not a cost, it's an investment. And if you view it that way, then it start you. I think you a appreciate it a little bit more, and 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 b you're not as 
afraid or as standoffish to push it to the side. And then when you do come around to it, because you've gotten to a point where you're further along in your growth and you want to try to have those conversations, well, it's like, wow, I really wish you just came and saw us at the beginning or early because this, this would have been a lot less expensive. Now it's going to be astronomically more expensive because you're talking about, you know, $2,000 times 20 deals. Whereas, you know, if you did three incorporations at the beginning, yes, it would have cost you, you know, three or $4,000 to put them together, but it wouldn't be, you know, 20 times $2,000, you know, so you're, you're, you, you know, it's, it's hindsight is always 2020. And that's why these podcasts and that's why the right club is so great because you get to learn from people who have uh, hopefully made some of these mistakes or gone through some of this and they they're benefiting already from some of this planning and they're trying to pass it along to you so that it's not uh, you're, you're not saying to your to yourself, well, I'll just wait, you know, two or three years, you know, 30, 40 properties and then I'll do the incorporation. But you know, at that point it could be a bit too late. Right. Or yeah, I'll wait two or three years down the road and then do my estate planning. But that involves taxes and corporate structure and all this kind of stuff. And now it's, it's never too late, but it's going to cost you a lot more. Right. So I have a question and, and I want to get back to the, the personal versus the um, corporate wills. Like I, I totally understand the personal wills because I have a personal will. My husband does, et cetera, et cetera. And get that. And I, and I totally believe that everyone should have a will because as I say to people, well, if you don't decide what you want to do with your property, then guess what? The government's going to decide. So really, that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, but with a corporate will, I'm assuming that they have to go in tandem. Um, that, so, so what happens if you have a corporate will so you die, you have your, your personal will and it comes into effect, whatever, you have your corporate will. And if there's a conflict between the wills, like what happens then? Because things change, right? I'm assuming that you, you, you know, you review it every, whatever, whatever, there's major changes or on a regular basis. But what if there's a, what if there's a conflict? Cause I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit confused about how that works and I'm probably not going to be the only one. Um, yeah, no, it's a good question. There, there actually, if it's done properly, there won't be a conflict. Um, only because the primary and the secondary will, or the personal and the corporate wills, which however you want to call it, they all it's all the same kind of idea in in the legal industry. The terminology is just some people like different vernacular, but um, they have to they have to speak to one another. So you can't have assets found in the in the personal um will also then carried over into the corporate will so if if we take your example for uh take your situation laurel as an example and you come to me and you're like okay ryan i heard your podcast and i've always had a personal will but i didn't have the corporate and i think it's a great idea because i have several you know corporate entities and they have assets and value and i'd love to save you know, as much as I can from the government's taxes. Um, so what do I do? So we would sit down, we would review that together. We probably again have, hopefully have some discussions with your accountant as well, just to see if there's anything we should know from a tax planning perspective um, that they would really like to see in place. 
but let's say they let's say they said no go ahead everything's good just do a do a personal and a corporate will um, we would look at your wishes for all your personal assets and so your personal will would say all of the all of the assets that I own at the time of my death save and accept for corporation A, B, and C are governed by this personal will. This is the person who's in charge. These are my beneficiaries. These are my alternate beneficiaries if my beneficiaries die. So that's personal will. So then your corporate will would say everything, um, everything that is in corporation A, B, and C is governed by this corporate will and anything outside of my of my corporation a b and c assets are all governed only by my personal will so they actually reference one another so one will say primary personal estate one will say corporate secondary estate and so you can make your uh corporate will uh say anything you wanted you could it could say um i want to leave everything to alfonso you know and and not to whoever your beneficiary is in your personal will they don't have to be the same that way but they do have to um reference one another so that there's not that conflict in law but they if what you meant by conflict was could they um you know leave assets to you know completely different people um or some combination of one another then they can do that but they will separately carve out your estate into corporate assets and then everything else that's non-corporate interpersonal wow so and yeah to be clear we're not advising everybody to leave their wills to alfonso but if you want to listen we're not going to argue that right but um <laughs> so and and again you know laurel made a good point right because things do change right once you have one property or if you have five properties or then your partners and your jping and then there's maybe some private lending and and you have a kind of a rye and then you know there's a, a variety in, in your portfolio right even outside of real estate investing maybe stocks all these types of stuff um, is there like a rule of thumb on okay, how like if it is personal or it is or it is corporate or is that again depending on you know like the, the tax structure of how it's already currently so is the question more like how do you determine if something is a corporate versus personal asset yeah like if I'm saying I'm buying a building is it on the owner of the owner of the building now that can be corporate or is it because now like a holding company that I'm a shareholder in owns part of that company yeah. Like it kind of, I know it gets sometimes a little bit tricky, but how, how is it determined that it's like the per, the, the corporate and non-corporate wills? Like what, is there some assets that can or can't be in one or the other? Yeah, so it's a good question. So um, my experience has always been that the only assets that would arise to being able to be in, a, in the corporate will or the you know secondary or non-personal will, whatever you want to call it, um, would be assets that are owned by actual corporations, right? So you couldn't have, um, you couldn't be doing stuff in a partnership, you know, uh, like a true partnership or a non-incorporated business, like a sole proprietorship. You, you A, need to actually be incorporated. So that's number one. Uh, and then number two, the, the corporation and the assets held by that corporation, whether it's through um, then a partnership agreement or a joint venture agreement, or um, just you solely owning um, 
the, the assets of the corporation, like everything that that particular or group of corporations owns, it would, it would be able to go into your secondary will. Hey, Right Club Nation, I just wanted to take a moment and introduce you to today's podcast sponsor, privatebuyers.ca. On your team of experts, you're going to want to make sure that you have a great wholesaler that's going to bring you some great deals off market. So most real estate investors, they're struggling to find their next deal. Private buyers, they help investors by bringing them some off-market opportunities at under market value so that they can make more money. These discounted real estate deals are not on the MLS. They've been found by privatebuyers.ca who will then send them to your inbox. And they're also gonna focus on your criteria and your goals and send you some tailored deals that match your needs. It's just really simple, guys. Just go to privatebuyers.ca, fill out the form, and start getting and seeing some available off-market opportunities. Privatebuyers.ca. Now back to the podcast. So um, I guess you know, like we we've talked about this with um, w- with our with our team. Now we've talked to our accountants, we've talked to the, our, our financial planners. You know, we've met with you and your team. And so once that corporate, like people sometimes say, "Well, I don't know, should I buy it in the corporation or should I buy it?" And it is their own personal. Again, depending on what they have. But what are maybe some of the, from the legal standpoint of why I would or why I wouldn't, right? Like, again, if understanding you're not the accountant, you're, you're not the, the financial planner, but like why you would say, hey, like I would or wouldn't do this or the pros and cons. Well, I mean, I think the, the, the main reason and maybe probably one of the, the only reasons you do the, the, the two sets of wills is saving of tax, right? You're, you're talking about um, uh, a tax savings every million dollars, like I said, is about $15,000. For some people, they would say that's absolutely worth it. For other people, they might say, well, 15000 on a million bucks, really, well, it's only one and a half percent. So it's a personal decision, right? But you're saving a tax. So that's, that's one main reason to do the primary and secondary wills. Um, sometimes another main reason would be, um, just ease of processing. So if you put your corporate assets into this corporate will, it doesn't have to go through the process of probate, the process of probate or state administration, as it's called now, um, will take anywhere from, you know, a month to like. Uh, the filing and approval with the court can take up to six to nine months. You know, like Toronto takes six months, easy. Peel region, six months, probably easy. Um, Halton, Hamilton region, maybe some of the other areas like in, in Niagara, um, you might, you probably could see two, two to four months, you know, processing time. Um, so that that's a that's a period of at least you know thirty to sixty days up to you know potentially you know one hundred and eighty plus where um, assets are more or less kind of in stuck in limbo, right? Like the person who's able to deal with them and and uh, you know move them along in in the the fact that the person died, you're kind of stuck in limbo until you get a probate certificate from the court saying you're the executor, you're appointed by the courts and this will to now deal with these assets, right? And deal with them as per the will. Whereas if you, um, 
if you have all your corporate assets of which uh, you, all your real estate holdings are, are kind of umbrellaed under, now you don't have to wait that period of time. It's all there in the secondary will. You just do what the secondary will says. So you can get it all dealt with in uh, at least a review of it and, and set a path of, of uh, a course of action in 30 days or less. Whereas probate, you're looking at it probably at the quickest, at least two to three months. So and that's I want to be clear though, uh, Ryan, about, because um, all those places you mentioned were Ontario and we're talking about Canada wide. Is that correct? Like it doesn't matter where you are. Yeah, well, I, and I would only be able to comment on Ontario because of our licensing. Like as lawyers, we're licensed by provinces, right? Um, so I can only really probably speak intelligently on um, Ontario and how the Ontario process would work. I mean, the will, though, to your point, yes, could govern your assets. Um, well, not only just coast to coast in Canada, but in continental North America and 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 in the world, really. Um, it, your will, you only theoretically need to have one will. There, no, I don't want to put us down a path of. Uh, getting distracted here, but um, I mean, there is some thought about having potential uh, additional wills for, for assets held in other countries, right? So if you had a whole bunch of properties all owned in say Florida, for example, it might be a good idea to make sure you have a will that governs only assets in Florida, right? Or if you were dealing with property, say in the Middle East, because you had that kind of international investment uh, portfolio, well, the Middle East doesn't really go by a traditional English common law uh, system of law. So it would be, again, a good idea to make sure you have the appropriate legal documents in place that would be like a will in Canada, but specifically in the Middle East for your Middle Eastern properties, for example. So it sounds like if you have properties and investments of any kind um, internationally, uh, be a be a really good idea to talk to your accountant, who hopefully, if they don't have the experience to work in, in the international venue, at least can put you in touch with accountants who who have experience in that um, th th that countries or jurisdictions um, jurisdictional boundaries. And then on top of that, you want to have um, lawyers who who are familiar with the rules and regulations and laws within that country. And if we're talking about, I don't know, a $30,000 little shack in Tennessee, maybe it's not worth it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not making any, any judgments. <laughs> However, you know, it doesn't take long for, for uh, properties to, to add up in value. And the last thing you want to do, I would think, is get caught up, especially in a foreign court, or maybe you don't even know the language. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, again, it, it all boils down to, I think, the main thing we're trying to get across here, too, which is uh, taking the time to, to plan for your ultimate successes, right? And there's stages of success, but then there's also... Um, you know, you going back to your point of what is succession planning? Well, succession is, you know, dealing with that actual event where, you know, we're not going to live forever. Um, we're still trying to figure that one out. But, uh, uh, you know, being a success in business 
means making sure that you can leave a legacy of hopefully, uh, you know, good value and good wealth and good prosperity to whoever you, you want to leave that to, right? Whether it's business partners, whether it's family, whether it's uh, community at large or a combination of all those things. I mean, um, um, you know, succession is just one, one chapter uh, of, of being successful at business. So, you know, I, I think a lot of the real estate investors that are either at the very beginning stage one of, of, you know, their journey or, you know, stage five being like you know, a really uh, experienced and uh, high volume slash, uh, you know, high, high property uh, individual, somebody who's coaching and mentoring and, and running a very successful business. And then you've got levels two, three, and four, all kind of all in between there. Um, this this idea of succession planning and sitting down as early in the process as you can with your lawyer, with your tax accountant, with your financial advisor to say, okay, these are my short, medium, long-term goals I want to accomplish. I heard the podcast. They talked about you know tax structuring and having uh, corporate versus personal wills. You know, so what do I do? You know, so how do I get started? And why is it important to me? I think you want to ask yourself those kinds of questions as early in the process as you can so that you can take advantage of as many opportunities um, that are available. And, and doing it you know, as early as stage one is obviously ideal, but it doesn't always work that way. And so you have to try to learn, learn from your mistakes and from others' mistakes and lessons, and then um, hopefully um they bring about as much prosperity for you as possible yeah and at different stages you're going to need different things right and uh for those listeners out there i don't know ryan uh, ryan's like a pretty nifty hockey player and uh you know he's, he's got some dangles and can skate but the the other thing is like you don't need like the 400 dollar hockey stick if you if you don't even if you can't even get on the ice and skate yet Right. Like you got to work on those fundamentals. And I, I try to use that analogy because I know he's a big hockey fan and, and I'm missing hockey the, right, right about now. So playoff time almost. But uh, it's you, you need those things in different stages. You don't want to kill the mosquito with a sledgehammer, but hopefully that mosquito gets bigger into something. And you're going to need a sledgehammer for that protection. Right. So um, and, that, and that's why always checking in making sure that you're, you're adapting along with your business, like Ryan said, working on that, seeing what the, the short, medium, and long-term plans are and reassessing those. Because the short-term plan is always the short-term plan till it leads into the medium and then the long, and then you got to restart again. What's the next short, medium, and long? And, and constantly evolving. So it's good to check in and, and have, a, have a frame of reference to do that. Yeah, and I would say just, I would add to that point, Alfonso, which it's excellent. Um, because that's the only constant in life is change. So something's always changing for us. Um, even if you set really good goals and really good targets and really good processes, things always change. Um, but so one thing I always say to my clients, cause they always say, well, so, so I put this all in place. How often do I review it or how often do I check it or when should I be reviewing and checking it? And there, there's, you know, kind of a list of enumerated, uh, events that we would kind of give our clients in a reporting, you know, letter, like, you know, whether it's, you know, somebody got very sick or you got very sick or, 
there was a, a, po- a very massive, you know, positive gain in your portfolio or conversely, a, 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 a large, you know, contraction in it. Um, you know, those are obviously some triggering events that potentially would require a review. But even if, let's say everything was status quo and it was business as usual and you, you were, you know, trucking along on your, um, your business plan really well, I, I always say at your, at your year end, when you're filing your taxes, because you always do that probably the same time every year, do a review of your will and your succession plan and say, what did I put into place last year? And is it still true now? And has anything maybe changed? Like, oh, you know, we thought we were only going to buy one or two properties this year and bought 10. And they're not all with the same like business partners. Oh, maybe I should, you know, they're kind of structured differently. They're not all corporate structure. They're, some of them have joint venture agreements tied into them, even though they're with the same corporate, um, you know, group of companies. Um, they're not, it's not me owning everything through the corporation, like hundred percent. There's some JV splits there and things. So it's just stuff like that. Like every, every year, sit down, do a review, have a refresher, have a discussion with your lawyer and your, and your accountant. And I think you'll, you'd be, you'd find that you'd be pleasantly surprised that you should get out in front of things more often than reacting to them. Okay. That's really great advice, Orion. And uh, wow, you've really given us a lot to think about. But now, you know what time it is? It's time for the lightning round. (laughs) And you know, Ryan, you've been on the podcast a bunch of times, so we don't want to ask you the same lightning round questions. We're going to change it up a little bit. So are you okay with that? Sure. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Awesome, awesome. All right, so my question for you, the first one is, what's one daily routine that you do that you know kind of uh, helps for success or helps your day or, or that just make, clears your mind or helps you get your task done? more efficient well it's not really um, a business tool but one thing I, I try to do is have as much habit in my in my daily grind as I can so I always typically get up at the same time every day uh, I'm an early riser just because I'm the most fresh early in the morning like energetic to get uh, jobs accomplished and so the most important jobs the ones that I want to get done no matter what that particular day, I always try to do as early in the day as possible. And I try to block off um, a set period of time early in the day. Uh, Typically I try to get it done between uh, five and seven in the morning. Um, That way I know that it gets done. Nobody's going to be up at that time or very few people. Nobody in my office will be, nobody's going to be distracting me. 
and I know that it, I have a good chunk of time and I can get it done. And, and that works for me, but it, it won't work for everybody. The whole, the whole point is whenever you find you're the freshest and the most engaged to um, get work done, make the, the tasks that are the most important to you, the ones that you do at that time and, uh, and do it and don't let it be just a once in a while thing. Make it something you do every day. Okay, that's a great answer. Now, number two. Now, this is totally left turn or right turn, depending yeah. on what you want. Tomorrow morning, you wake up, and you could be anywhere in the world you wanted to be. Where would it be? On a beach. <laughs> Where? It doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> anywhere, on a, anywhere on a beach that's going to be peaceful and, and uh, relaxing, and I can hear the waves, and you know, see nature and, and, and have a nice uh, adult beverage and, and feel that warm sun on my, my, uh, my pale skin. That's what I would want. <laughs> That's awesome. And for, for those of you uh, listening to the podcast, not watching uh, on YouTube, Ryan's got the virtual background of the palm tree and the waves in the back. And it just, I keep looking, I'm like, oh, it's so peaceful. But uh, yeah, to, to brighter days when we're actually on those beaches, like you said, sipping some, uh, sipping some bevies. But uh, all right, so my, my second and last question for, uh, for me of the lightning round, what's, who is, or, so I got a, kind of like a double-edged question, but what's one business book or one maybe business thought leader that you recommend for somebody to look into or that's maybe made an impact on your thought process about business? Yeah, um, I'm, I've, I've been involved for the last, uh, I think it's a little over a year now, and it got, I got referred to this by a, a client and colleague and, and friend um, who's, who's several years into it. He's three or four years, I think, into the program. It's uh, called Strategic Coach, and it's an overall, like, business uh, growth and development um, uh, group and association. I mean, it's, it's got similar ideas as, as right club, but, but on a much broader scale, it's not just about real estate. It's about uh, just business and uh, just professional attitude about trying to uh, 10x your business. So uh, I'm right in the middle of that and they, and they give you a tremendous amount of literature. So I would say any, any literature coming out of, uh, out of them is fantastic. Uh, I think it was actually brought up in one of the um, uh, right club events, uh, I think last year, somebody talked about, you know, reading up on Colby index and, and what the Colby index means and what it, it says about you. So I think that would be a great, a great, association or group to check out a little bit if you're interested in like a 10x type of program that's broader than just say real estate but it's just more being a professional and, and professional growth and so forth uh, strategic strategic coach uh, and the good part about it is it has main offices only in chicago and toronto so the fact that toronto actually gets people flown in from literally all over the world like australia london Middle East, USA, like they come in from everywhere to, to go to these conferences. And the fact that we have it, you know, 30 minutes from, from us, if you live in Burlington or Holton region, I mean, to go to Toronto, that's, that's great. Right. Um, so anything by them, I think is, is pretty, pretty strong and, and, and uh, uh, well worth, 
well worth the, the look or investment. And then specifically uh, reading up on and learning more about yourself through your Colby index. Um, it, it's very interesting and, and well worth that, that analysis of yourself as well. Okay, that's great. Now I have one, again, totally from left field. Get ready. Um, if you could speak to any world leader existing right now in the world, who would that be? <laughs> uh, boy, you know, that's funny. The first, per the first thing that popped in my head would be Donald Trump, only so I can <laughs> tell him what I think. <laughs> I knew it. I knew. Okay, okay. Let's take Don. Let's take the Donald out. And, and, and so, hopefully, there's not too many Republicans listening. Um, but, um, but, anyways, that being said, world leader, interesting. And did, did you did you say political, or it could be anything? Could be anybody. Could be anybody. Past and present. I mean, obviously, Donald Trump. Yeah, I I might just like you. Well, <laughs> that, that's just so I can tell him what I think. Right? That's I don't really want to ask. He wouldn't listen anyway. <laughs> I don't really want to ask him anything. Um, you know what? I mean, I, I would really like to, uh, you know, talk to, to somebody like, uh, um, you know, Warren Buffett or like Bill Gates, guys who kind of, especially like a guy like Bill Gates. I mean, he's literally, he literally started from a garage you know, with nothing, like with relatively nothing and, uh, you know, has become one of the, you know, and you could say wealth, you know, wealthy, wealth is measured by, you know, money or, or assets worth and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I think it's more than that. Like I, I love all his philanthropy that he does, all his charitable endeavors. Uh, I love the, the challenge that he's given out to, you know, the top, you know, 10 wealthiest people in the world to, uh, you know, divest 90% of their, their wealth, you know, upon death to like charitable endeavors. Um, I just think that that kind of person, whether it would be him or, or any of those like top 10, like individuals, like a Jeff Bezos, or uh, it'd just be interesting to talk to them and be like, like, how did you get here? Like, how did you do this? Like from such humble beginnings, right? Like that to me is, mind-boggling that people were able to go from one extreme to this this other extreme in a lifetime like to me that's amazing it's uh it's incredible and i think the reason i would specifically personally want to talk to them would be like the hardest part about being a business owner and an entrepreneur is 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 getting over the 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 fear factor Right. You know, the, the factor of like, oh, if I if I don't do well at this, you know, I'm going to fail. I'm going to lose everything or like, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable. I've grown to this point. But to get to this next level, I, I can't be afraid of, you know, the fact that it might not might not work out. You know, like the jump to the next level might not work out and then I lose whatever I've got at this level. Right. Like it's that would be really uh an interesting conversation and I would love to talk to somebody who was you know that successful who went from such humble beginnings to such a uh, you know an empire of, of not just wealth but philanthropy and um, just global impact I think you know talking to somebody like that would be awesome wow yeah, good answer. See, you, you did come up with a really, really good answer. That was great. I, I was just going to throw it like a hockey guy or something. <laughs> Alonzo is the hockey, uh, 
Metaphor. The great one. Talk to talk to the great one. Talk to Wayner. See what he's up to. Ah, Bobby, man. Bobby Orr, buddy. Bobby Orr. Oh, yeah. Bob, number four, Bobby Orr. Yeah, right on. So, um, Ryan, I know uh, I know a lot of the Right Club Nation already knows with you and works with you and loves loves working with you. But for those of you that uh, – for those of the Right Club Nation that uh, – to get a hold of you, how where, how can they find you? Um, best spot to start would be looking at our website, uh, carsonlaw.ca www.carsonlaw.ca. Um, all, all, all my contact information is there online and, and we're constantly trying to build and, and uh, put as much content on our, our site and on our different social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, the law firm has uh, pages on all those different uh, mediums as well. But the website, we, we try to, you know, always present that as our, our foundation and our springboard for um, you know how to find us and uh, like I said all my contact information is there email cell phone number I'd be happy to take your call or email anytime super that's great well thank you so very much Ryan we really appreciate your time and wow you've given us all a lot to think about I think right Alfonso absolutely absolutely thank you so much for being amazing with your time and, and sharing uh, so many uh, pieces of expertise and, and uh, best to you and see you on the beach, Ryan. Looking forward to it. You bet. Have that, have that adult drink for me. <laughs> going to go do that right now. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Bye. Ryan. Take care. Bye. So, Alfonso, wow. Uh, Ryan really had some good advice, didn't he? Absolutely. I can't uh, – I, I, I have a whole full page of notes here and uh, – uh, like I, I just really rate your conversations. Ryan's been on the podcast several times, and every time that he appears and he comes on and graces us with his time, he's giving us so so much information. What was uh, what was your takeaway, Laura? What did uh, what was the one thing that you're like, oh wow, that was great. You know what the one thing was that, and he didn't actually say it, but it it, it was uh, he inferred it, and it was simply that just pick up the phone. <laughs> Yeah. And talk, yeah. like get the process going. You're not committing to spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. It's it's a very small price, very small investment, but you're not going to go get anywhere unless you pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, call your accountant, and pick up the phone and call your lawyer, whether it's Ryan or somebody else, do it. All it is is a phone call. That's right. And you know what? A lot of us, we always talk about taking the action, taking the steps, you know, don't be paralyzed by fear. And, you know, Ryan mentioned that as well, too, is that that's what a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs that fear. So if you pick up the phone and you call and you get an answer, it's, you know, there, there's this old Chinese proverb and uh, he or she who asks a question is a fool for a minute. He or she who does not ask the question is a fool forever. That's right. So you need to you need to get over the fear of not being. No one knows everything. Whether it's the lawyer, the accountant, the the, the whoever that person is, the doctor, the whatever, they're not going to have every single answer for you. It is it is critical to you. And if you want to take the advice of people that are just telling you what they're doing, you know that's that's going to work for them, right? You have to understand what's going to work for you, what your situation's about. And again, working on the, the for me was the short, medium, and long term goals and, and how they're constantly evolving and the short turns into the medium and the medium to the long and then kind of replaces and replenishes and keeps that, uh, that journey going. Right. Yeah. And, and it's all about setting that foundation because as you said, if you set up your, your, your corporate will or your, your non-personal will, however, it's whatever the vernacular was that he used, um, it's the foundation. And then once you've got it set up, 
if you can add it or change it, but it's set up so if something does happen, you're taken care of. Uh, it's it's really not. You know, what he talked about, I went, it was like, oh my God, that's a no-brainer, right? That's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, uh, again, uh, Ryan Carson from Carson Law, he's he's in Burlington, Ontario, but uh, he, he gave out the website, get in touch with him, uh, reach out, and he's there to help. He's a, an amazing, trusted partner and, and an amazing contributor to the Right Club. So thank, thank you, Ryan, for being on the podcast. And uh, thank you to the Right Club Nation, the listeners, the, the many followers that we have, and the people that are encouraging us to keep it going, keep growing. And, uh, and bring on more challenging you know, questions and people that we want to, to, to grow together through all those different things. So um, Laurel, uh, what do we want everybody to do? Well, I think it's four words. It is come, come grow, grow with, with us. us. Yes. <laughs> bye everybody. All right, bye, see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.